Dante is a really smart guy. Ladies love Dante. Look at that hair. Look at that face. Hello, okay. Dante Greco. Was we your truth. Dante Greco. I'm gonna come. Welcome to the Dante Greco Show, everybody. I'm Dante Greco, your host. I'm joined today by comedian Drew Morgan, uh, at Drew Morgan on Instagram, right? That's it. At Drew yeah. Morg Comedy, actually. At Drew Morg Comedy. Fuck. I already okay. fucked it up. God damn Well, it. I think at Drew Morgan might be the wide receiver who used to play for the Dolphins. That's right. That's right. Drew is a comedian from Tennessee. You got that right. I spent some time out there. You know, I was TMZ's man in Nashville for six months. I think your sister told me that. Does that yeah. sound accurate? Uh, probably. But yeah. um, anyways, there's a lot going on in the news today. Today's the anniversary of Kobe Bryant's death, of course. do you Were you a Kobe fan? Not really. Uh, I wasn't like anti-Kobe um, <clears throat> necessarily, but I wasn't a Laker fan. Mm-hmm. The Grizz are my team. And then I also was living in Boston, and I ended up – I hated the Patriots, but ended up kind of rooting for the Celtics. I loved Paul Pierce. I liked Rondo. I loved and still love Kevin Garnett. So they had that kind of semi-resurgence of the rivalry going on. Mm. And when I was a teenager, I was Team Shaq. They kind of made up, but there was a time where you had to be one or the other. Yeah. Yeah, so you were happy on that day then. Yeah, dude, I celebrated. <laughs> we lit some candles. No, not at no, all. No, it was it was terrible. I remember I actually was there. I got sent out that morning. Um I was still at TMZ and like before the news had even broke, I was on the road to Calabasas. I got there. It was like crazy before they would had even set up the police line. And I was a Kobe fan. You know, I'm from L.A., so I, I grew yeah. up here. I'd seen him in person a couple times and, of course, been to the game. So it was like a weird combination of having to do the job of being a reporter while also dealing with the I love Kobe thing. You know, yeah. it was just the tragedy of it. Did you know also that he had his kid with him? I found out. You remember that morning, there was so much disinformation. Yeah. Like one guy reported that all the kids were on the helicopter. I vaguely remember that. Yeah. Right. It was. And then I, I took some of these videos from that day, just some pictures. I'm not going to show the the uh, the wreckage, but you could see that hill right there. Yeah. Was the hill. It was like a not even a big mountain. Like, you know, you're, you're picturing something that's like on the crystal geyser bottle. It's really just a. Uh, a small little hill in Calabasas. So it was just crazy. People started gathering in the intersection and just showing up. Did people know or have a sense early on who it was? Um, I think the word started to leak out. Cause I remember reading something that like a helicopter belonging to Kobe Bryant had crashed. And I was like, Oh, well, you know, maybe he rents it out to people, but, yeah, yeah. Hopefully, it's just some random rich guy who got who got rich like owning a factory where little kids work for him, and not my basketball idol. I think that's a fair hope. I genuinely do. In a weird way, it was. It, it was is. like, yeah, you know. Hopefully, it was some guy who made his fortune screwing people over. But yeah, instead of being great, because that's yeah. the thing about like sports, and for the most part, art. Although it's a little bit more subjective, it's like 
because like I, I even have some bits about this. Like I really hate rich people, even though I want to be one. Mm-hmm. But if somebody got it through through talent, like, and you can't really deny that that's how they got it. And I, I guess there's business people who would be like, well, it's a talent screwing people with mortgages. I'm like, I guess that's just not a talent I respect. Yeah. No, I got you. It, it is weird as you ascend up in life and have opportunities to make money and, and do things like some, you, you run into those situations where um, uh, I guess your values get put to the test. Yeah, that's happened to you. That sounds like a. It sounds like you thought of something. The way you're like, well, let me spin this as a general oh, thing that happened. My my entire career has been that. Yeah, <laughs> TMZ's got to be a strange background to come out of. It is strange. I mean, I had a great time working there. It's a great company. They're the top company uh, in that field for a reason. I don't know another company. Uh, yeah, there really is. I mean, like back in the day, there were more, there were, there were some more competitors, but they all, is the inquirer technically in the same, it's in the same industry technically, but the inquirer is like from the 20th century, basically print thing. You see it at the newsstand. Uh, TMZ has just become a, a, not only synonymous with the industry, but like a conglomerate unto itself. But the response of the public, like that day, Everyone acted like TMZ killed Kobe. <laughs> you know? Yeah, paparazzi, which is what, what TMZ is associated with, definitely has it's so strange too, because it's hypocritical. Porn is the only thing I can think of where it's like all of you are consuming this. Right. But then you're looking down on through your nose at the people who are providing it to you. And I hope that doesn't offend you. I'm not necessarily comparing you to a porn star, but to me, it's not offensive to be compared to a porn star. I mean, I, I whore myself out all the time. I mean, there's so many times where I'm like, I'm about to do this thing. That's embarrassing. I'm about to go beg people for validation at a bar where they just turn a game off and nobody wants me here. So I don't judge, but I think porn is the analogy where it's like everyone knows about TMZ and consumes some version of that. Most people, but then they look down their noses at it. Well, it's there. It's that shame that they feel after they uh, read something, and then they're like, "Oh, I can't believe I did that. I got to blame somebody." <laughs> and that was what was going on the day Kobe died, because it was yeah. just such an accident, like such a violent, unexpected accident. There was all this rage with nowhere to go. So, like, people were just like, "You did it." Mm-hmm. I think it's also we love our celebrities. We love consuming them in any way we can. Yeah. But then the celebrities go, "We hate paparazzi." And then the fans go, well, we do too. And it's like, eh, you're the only reason they exist, though. Listen, they say that God gives his hardest tasks to his best angels or something like that. I've heard about I that, mean, man. I've, I've had some years of my life where I was like, fuck you, God. I'm not strong at all, dude. Like, how long have you been in? Uh, first of all, how'd you get into comedy? How long have you been doing it? Uh, I started when I was like 24, 25. So, damn, 13 years. It's a good age to start. Yeah, um, I just I've always wanted to do it. I finally got the balls to do it. I did a little contest, and then you know pursued it kind of as a hobby for a few years. Moved to New York. Uh, I, I went through some personal shit and just had to get the fuck away from Tennessee. Mm-hmm. And I moved to New York, and I was like, oh, I can do it full time now. And I did. And then about probably a year later. One of my best friends and writing partners kind of blew up on the internet 
back before anybody was doing that. In fact, it was kind of looked down on in the comedy world. It was like, oh, you're an internet comedian. You're not a real comedian. And he took me on tour with him. And I've been a pro ever since, yeah. This was back in like the Vine days and like making <laughs> short videos and stuff like that. Yeah, he went viral on Facebook. Uh, Whoa. Facebook rant, as it were. <laughs> yeah, he had a character called the Liberal Redneck, which was based on a closer he used to do. Mm-hmm. The closer, the joke was about how like, he, he has a really thick accent. Like he talks like this and that's how he talks. And he's like, people like me get a bad rap because when you see us on TV, it's always saying the worst shit imaginable. And so the whole bit was like, I'm going to go try to get on TV, but say nice stuff, progressive stuff. And right. It was a funny bit. It was back before anybody was playing around with that much, that kind of identity politics type thing, other than Chappelle, who sort of invented it and now shits on it. Um, but he did a video as that character. And he was like, oh, that went pretty good. I'll do a second one. And the second one he did went like mega, like 25 million in a week. And at that time, nobody was getting anything like that. It was kind of insane. That's awesome. Yeah. Are, I mean, are, you know, the internet give us and take us away. Are you finding, you're speaking about the liberal redneck and all that, and you're from the South. Yeah. Do people think, do people make assumptions about you? Like, do people think, oh, that guy was at the Capitol on January 6th? Like, is that, <laughs> you run into any of that? Not since I've grown my hair out, but in my life, absolutely. I have crooked teeth. I have an accent. I mean, my whole life's been sort of defined by that. What's strange about it is you sort of exist in that weird place, or I did, sort of pre all this shit we're dealing with now. Let's say 2015. Mm-hmm. I mean, really, you got to say pre-Trump. I don't want to talk about him. I think everybody's tired of talking about him, but there's definitely a different world pre and post-Trump, right? Mm-hmm. At that time, it was like, man, I was getting, like, I lost my job at the comedy club in Knoxville for talking about religion. It was like, I've warned you too many times. You can't shit on Jesus in the South unless you're a headliner. Wow. So it's like, oh, I'm I'm fucking transgressive. Like, I'm fucking doing it. I'm fucking speaking the truth. I'm punk rock. Whatever I convinced myself I was doing at 27. And I'm getting fired for it. So that validates my thought that I'm like fucking really a comedian, right? Yeah. Moved to New York... The internet hits, Brooklyn comedy, woke comedy, all that stuff comes around. And then I kind of get slotted with Clapter comedy. And it's like I'm the opposite of punk rock all of a sudden. It, it, suddenly I'm. Wait, I'm wait, some what's sort of. What's Clapter comedy? Like where you just are saying things that you want the crowd to agree with, but there's not really any punchlines. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's just for people to be like, yes, that's right. That is correct. Good for okay. you, kind of thing. Right. So and it, it was such a head trip. It's been such a head trip when I'm existing in New York and I run into people and they think I'm the worst, like mm-hmm. I'm a racist or I'm whatever. The reality is I'm none of those things. I was a former public defender. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm if you look at the policies I believe in, I'm pretty far left. Then I go to the comedy scene and all the cool guys are, are like, nah, another one of those Brooklyn woke dudes. I only bring that all up to like, it was a wild time trying to do comedy during all that. And I think the guys and gals who made it out the biggest stayed away from it entirely. They stayed away from all the cultural and political stuff. Yeah. It's tiring. I'm bored of it too. Me too. I don't want to hear about it. I don't want to talk about it. I don't care what Trump said. I don't care. It's like, you know, I'm good. Same. Um, 
let's talk about speaking of public defenders by the way i think that okay. the guy in uh idaho the the quadruple murderer yeah has a public defender i mean do, that checks out um, do you think that like from your experience of working with other public defenders does he have a shot at beating this case are they just not he probably prepared? doesn't have a shot at beating this case regardless of having a public defender or not yeah yeah so in a lot of urban jurisdictions there was a real push to sort of change the way public defense is in the late 2000s through 2010. If you're in Miami-Dade County, Knoxville, New York, San Francisco, Los Angeles, you know, we can keep going. You should probably keep your public defender if you get assigned one. Your public defender probably went to one of the top 20 law schools, is young, hungry, a real do-gooder, hates the fucking system. Their whole identity is wrapped up in helping you. Mm -hmm. If you're not, though, it depends. And a lot of times the old sort of cliche is true. That public defender has got the job because it was like, you know, they just took it because nobody else would. kind of thing. Right. All right. Well, I hope he doesn't win. I just want to make it clear. I mean, I'm, if he did it, I absolutely hope. I haven't looked into it. It seems like he did it, right? It's it. There's a lot of evidence. There's a lot of evidence. I've covered it a lot. Um, I want to talk about fans. Okay. Britney Spears has some crazy fans, in my opinion. <laughs> I bet. <laughs> they are making themselves involved in her life to a degree that makes me uncomfortable and actually has now pissed Britney off. Um, she deleted her Instagram. And because of that, some of her fans who I'm assuming were had the best of intentions called the police to do a welfare check on her. Do you have any... Have you do you have like fans that overstep their boundaries with you? Yes. Like, are they, yeah, they are they watching right now? Can you send them a message? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I'm a lot meaner than Brittany is, so I think I maybe turned them off. What is that called? Parasocial relationship, parasocial relationship. Yeah, exactly. It, it gets wild with really big stars like Britney Spears because they're not just someone that these people are a fan of, they become an icon. And I mean that word in the most literal sense, like when you think of like iconic religious imagery or whatever, it, they, they're something other than Britney Spears. Yeah. She's like an avatar in a way, not an avatar like the movie, but uh, <laughs> well, let's watch this TikTok of these fans who did. And like, you know, that's what annoys me also is it was a clout thing. Like they were just sitting at home watching like, Oh my God, Britney deleted her Instagram. I need to call the guy. It's like, they're doing it for TikTok. They're doing it for clout. And you're overstepping your boundaries here. And I wonder if they're really even fans of hers or if they are fans of attention. Exactly. Let's see here. Okay, and who would you like us to check on? Brittany Spears. Okay, and why do you feel that she needs to be checked on? Um, there's been suspicious activity um, online, and now her account has been deleted. Um, are you related to her? I am not. Hold on the line for me, okay? Okay, thank you. What a nightmare. I'm nervous. <laughs> Do you have to be related? No, don't be nervous, girl. You got it. You got it. Yeah, you, you should be related and have uh, inside knowledge of what's going on with her right now to make a call because she deleted her Instagram. Which, by the way, celebrities do that all the time. They always clear their Instagram before they're going to make a big announcement. This is so... This is insane. Be like, let's skip to the great job. Great job. Thank you. Great job. It's not your job. 
oh, that guy's such a saucy gay man. I thought he was being sarcastic. I thought <laughs> no. this was like a reaction video. I, you know what I mean? I thought he was like playing it for us and was like, great job. No, this I is pathetic. Yeah, he's like a supporter of this. He's a loser. These people are losers. That's what triggered yeah. it. I I got a posted nine one one like, and then her account was deleted. Yep. That's what triggered yeah. it. I I got a. Yep. And if they don't do anything, guess what? This is going viral right now. <laughs> guess what? Yeah. Okay. This- hey, dude, what the hell? Guess what? This is going viral. Like. Well, it's also, uh, you know, I don't want to get too far in the weeds on commenting on a deep, deep, divisive social issue. Mm. But for me, when I grew up in kind of a backwoods area, maybe I have a different view and experience than other people. If you're genuinely worried about somebody and you call the cops, first of all, you have a total, total lack of an understanding of what cops are going or should do. The police answer fans of Britney Spears, and they're like, she posted 911 on her Instagram. Imagine being that poor worker on the phone that day. Like, okay, what do you want me to do exactly? Do you yeah. want me to go knock on the door in a neighborhood that has seven gates before I get to her gate? You want me to do that? Let's talk about that. Exactly. Are you related to them? Are you related to her? She she was even trying to like throw them off. She can't just be – the 911 operator, unfortunately, can't be like, guys – Get a lot. What are you doing? Stop yeah. calling for this. I think they can, in my heart, at least. They should just <laughs> be like, okay, let me ask it this way. Do you know the address I would send someone out to if you had actual concrete evidence of something dangerous going on? Oh, you don't? Because you don't know her? Well, then go fuck yourself. And then they got this attitude like, if you don't do it, we're going to make this go viral. And it's like, yeah, you made it go viral, and now Britney Spears is pissed at you. Yeah, I do think the internet has this thing, though, where assholes get, you know, it's fun to talk about. I'm having fun shitting on these people right now. But it's like, the fact that they're like, and then this is going to go viral, right there as a human, as a comic, I'm still in. Let's keep talking about this. But as a human, I'm like, all right, I'm done with these people. These aren't real people with real problems doing real things their whole brain is on the internet like right now they're like and we're gonna go viral bro what you sound like a cliched character in like a show about hollywood right right it's like a ryan murphy like uh american horror story about a, a big pop celebrity whose fans drive her to insanity yes and the other thing too is like this is you have a personality disorder and Britney may too, but at least hers is interesting. If, you, if you're if you a fan of Britney, one thing you need to learn from her is to take your mental illness that you're displaying right now and put it into something more fun and positive. Uh, I hate this. I hate these fucking people. Although, like you said, we do thank them for providing us with content to talk about. That's very important. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And subscribing to TMZ back when you worked there. <laughs> I know. D- please direct all subscriptions to the Dante Greco show and to uh, at Drew Morgue comedy. <laughs> we need to do this. That's yeah, a big I laugh. Understand. No, I feel the same way. Ma'am, thank you for holding. Thank you. Thank you so much for the information. We'll, we'll pass it along. Okay. Thank you. Okay. And will someone be going out to check? Are you able to confirm that? I'm going someone- to pass the information. I'm going to pass the information along. And who will you be passing it to? None of your business. 
Wow. She's acting like she's like in, in charge. Like she's the sergeant. Um, yeah, man. I, it, it takes a real special kind of piece of shit to make me pull for the police. And right there, I was like, just beat her. Just like do a reverse thing on this lady's phone. Go arrest her. Yeah, exactly. And as it says here, we should know Brittany has deleted her IG several times before. And our sources say she did it again, this time without a real reason. Sometimes she just feels like it. So, you know, it's just just chill. Lee, uh, in the words of uh, Chris Crocker, leave Brittany alone. Let me let me get you back up here on a big screen. There we go. Close up. Chris Crocker. That guy's doing well. That's his name, right? Chris Crocker. Well, I know I know him from the reference. I don't know the name actually. Really? Yeah. I um, saw him in the Britney documentary that my wife made me watch, and it was <laughs> pretty good documentary. Yeah. Um have you ever had any like celebrities watch you perform and come up and express their admiration? Uh yeah, stand ups, but probably the most famous was Adam Sandler, which I mean that's a pretty famous celebrity. Oh nice. So we had shows at Largo, which is a pretty famous but kind of intimate venue in LA. Mm-hmm. And the way Largo works is Flanny, the guy who runs it, kind of puts like, I don't know who has Flanny's cell phone number, but I know, like, Adam Sandler's one of them. Do you know what mm-hmm. I mean? And yeah. so, like, people will be like, hey, can I, I I need to run this. I need to run that. What's going on tonight? And we happen to have a show there. Well Red did, my tour group. And uh, we had, we've had a few, you know, people that people have heard of on there. Galifianakis. Um, we had um, Mulaney and Nick Kroll run their Emmys. I think it was the Emmys or maybe it was the Oscars when they hosted together. Mm-hmm. They ran that together. But anyway, the most famous we have was Sandler. And uh, I had a weird interaction with him. He did tell me great set and all that. And then I told him, uh, this is true, but I don't think he liked it. I told him I lost my virginity to Happy Gilmore. Oh, man. Because my high school girlfriend and I would go to the basement to like watch a movie, but we would that's the only one I had down there. We were just making out. Yeah. And he goes, okay and he walked away <laughs> do you remember what part in the movie <laughs> uh yeah when uh when his caddy died that's what really got me going oh man uh i can imagine sandler being completely disturbed by that like, oh, yeah man. as it came out of my mouth i was like why did i say that <laughs> to me it was like dude you're this is what kind of icon you are yeah. Like you're so iconic, you're so big, you're so part of the cultural tapestry that people are like pretending to watch your movies while they make out with their girlfriends. But to him it was like this guy really wanted me to know that the first time he fucked, I was on the TV. And I was like, "Yep, yeah, that's weird." Yeah, I know. He's uh you're permanently he's permanently burned into your brain at that erotic moment. Um poor guy he probably wanted you to just say it inspired your comedy and then you told him that you came to (laughs) adam sandler yeah you're not wrong but i think i have to draw the line at poor guy Uh, you know that guy's he's crushing it that's true lucky guy lucky guy um have you ever been curved by a celebrity like have you ever like talked to one and then they'd be like yeah 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 hit me up and then you know they just like blow you off completely yeah for sure Anybody you want to talk about specifically? <laughs> I'll tell a story where it was my fault. How about that? I'll tell one too after you. So that, okay. you know, we'll, we'll be even. All right. I'll tell one where th- I should have been curved. Um, it was Mulaney. So Mulaney did our show 
and uh, we talked. He was like, great set. We were chatting or whatever. And uh, he was like, man, it's great to meet you. Like, let's, I got, you know, I'm doing this show over here. I want to introduce you. It was like, great, you know. And I was like, you know, actually, we've met before. And there was no reason, like, everything was going great. Like, there was no reason for me to start down this path. He was like, oh, really? And I was like, yeah, I acted like an idiot. It's kind of funny. And he's like, well, now you got to tell me. And he had to go do his set. So he went and did his set, and he came back, and he goes, you got to tell me how you act like an idiot. And that's how much he liked me at this point. It was like, he wants to hear about me being an idiot. The story was, I got off a plane in L.A. It was the first time I was on TV. I was doing an MTV thing. It was like MTV's greatest party stories. I'm walking up to where the driver is. They had a driver for me, and he had my name. And the dude beside him is John Mulaney's name. Mm-hmm. I was like, holy shit. Like, how cool is this? I'm fucking, I was like convinced that I was making it. You know what I mean? And then I turned, and there's Mulaney. So we were walking up to the driver. I go, oh, hey, what's up, John? I'm Drew. How are you? I'm a comedian. It's like, oh, cool. What are you doing in town? I'm doing an MTV thing. That's awesome. Are you doing any shows? I'm only here for one night, and I didn't get on one tonight because, honestly, I've been focused. Cool. We're talking, blah, blah, blah. We're walking out together. The drivers are parked in similar spots. So we met the drivers, and we're walking through the Los Angeles airport to where, like, the limos or whatever are parked. We get to this place and it's time to separate because my driver's going left and his are going right. And I have no idea why I said this. I have no idea. He was like, all right, good to meet you. And I was like, you'll hear of me again. No clue. No clue why I said that. Right. Well, we went left around like the corner of a parking garage and he went right. And then we were just basically one row from each other walking through like the drivers were taking the quickest route but we were still walking he would not look at me after that i told him that and either he remembered or i made him feel the way i made him feel that day when he wouldn't look at me and he didn't talk to me the rest of the evening oh my god of course (laughs) i'm a weirdo surprised he didn't have you removed from the from the property (laughs) i've done that too i've done the you'll hear of me again later thing i remember i was talking to the guy who created mad men and uh yeah, I was like, oh, you'll hear of me. And he's like, okay. It's like, it's been probably 10, 12 years. <laughs> I'm sure he hasn't heard of me yet. To his credit, before he stopped talking to me, Melania goes, well, I, I guess you were right. And then he walked off. <laughs> right. He's like, I hope I never do again. Um, I ju- This just happened to me. Here's my story. It was, right. uh, I was two days ago, I was in the bank and a uh, this, this guy walks in. He's a big rapper named Rich the Kid. Okay. And here's a picture of him just so people know who he is. He's pretty big. Uh I've interviewed him year like many times over the years for TMZ, but like I, I talk to him, I'm like, Hey, what's up, man? Um, hey, you know, and I hate doing this, but I said, I'm not with TMZ anymore. Would you come on my podcast? You know, it's just like you cringe having to add it's like, yeah. you know, and you have to do it. You have to do it. I had to do it with you, even when you I was like, Oh god guy's gonna be like no but <laughs> i asked him and i could see he was uncomfortable and then he like gave me a, a number he's like yeah yeah just call my people so i gave me the number god damn it i'm not controlling this shit well at all okay so he gives me the number i text it i write this nice message like oh it would mean a lot if i could get rich the kid on the show you know i'm starting my own thing nothing i've heard nothing back yeah this just happened a couple days ago the fucking guy blew me off completely 
Dude, I, I've had a dozen like that. I've had them like that where it was like not even the comedy equivalent of Rich the Kid. Mm. Like someone who produced one show for Netflix radio, you know, curved me because what? You know, who knows why? You know, I was just like, hey, let's get coffee and talk about that thing we we talked about at the festival we met at. Yeah. Nothing. Like well, that, scene. It's on Instagram. It says scene. That guy's just an asshole. He should be talking to you. Like, what the fuck? He produced one show for Netflix radio. Uh, you think anyone's listening? God damn it. <laughs> this show has probably just as many listeners as that. 100% true. Um, oh, you know who else did this uh, sort of to me was Schwarzenegger. I was at uh, I was like at TMZ. I was working some political event, and I saw him, and I was like, "Hey, I want to talk to you after you speak on stage." And he was like, "Yeah, so good." Right? And then afterwards, he gets off stage, and he's walking towards me, and he's looking at me, he's smiling. So I'm like, "Oh my god, he's actually going to talk." Schwarzenegger never talks to us, and he looks at me, and I say, "Arnold," and he goes, "Yes, right, right, right," and he just walks right past me into the parking garage. And then later, I heard an interview with him. Where he's like, yes, what you have to do is, you know, people, you want them to get away. You just say, yes, yes, right, right. And then you walk past them. <laughs> but it, it works. Dude, every story about that guy is awesome. <laughs> yeah. It's like, even the bad ones, it's like he made it sound cool. Yeah. No, he's he's the best. I still like him a lot. He's a good guy. Uh, you Have you hung out in Nashville where I used to live? Yeah, my home club. I consider my home club to be Zany's Nashville. I've hung out there quite a few times. Oh yeah, Zany's great. Yeah, uh, yeah. I forced. My, I didn't force my way. Like uh, Drew D.L. Hughley was performing there. He was nice enough to let me come backstage to interview him for TMZ. And like, I told him a joke, and like, he was like politely smiling. He gave me a clapter. <laughs> that wasn't the night he fainted, was it? Uh, yeah. After he heard my joke, he, he fainted on stage. So it's your fault that. Uh, so comedy bad. was set back by COVID because I like I remember that happened. All the comics, as soon as we like found out that he was going to be okay, we were like, "Well, comedy's fucked. Like you can't have a guy that big faint on stage and it go viral and comedy just start back up the next day." Yeah, bro, Broadway on Nashville. But you had some. Uh, let's hear some crazy Drew Morgan stories from his <laughs> Nashville partying days. Man, I, I avoided Broadway like the plague, to be completely honest with you. One of the most fun nights, though, it was there for a bachelor party. And, dude, it was a sausage fest. We were like, where are the women? And I was with somebody at the time, but, like, there was probably four single guys with us. And, I mean, they were, you know how it is. It's like a weekend full of guys. We've already mm -hmm. done all the stuff you do that's not look for women you know what i mean so they were like ready drinking there was almost nobody out older people but we were probably 26 25 at the time well they were all at a beyonce concert oh. bridgestone arena and then literally eighty thousand women and twenty thousand gay men spilled into the streets all at the same time it was hard to not get laid yeah. Like it it went from this is the worst weekend in Nashville ever to like your ugly friend with one tooth was fighting off two of them. Everyone was Because it wasn't so... just like here's all the women. It was like here's all the women full of Beyonce power. Right. That's incredible. What was yeah. your um what was your uh what was your bar on Broadway when you would go? Oh, I didn't go. I mean, I, I I've been to bars on Broadway. I don't know what they're called. You didn't have anyone that like you went to uh like Kid Rocks. Oh god, I forget the name of it. <laughs> 
It's the purple. I think it's Kid Rock's big ass bar and grill. Yeah, something like that. Because subtlety is his art form. Yeah. <laughs> Have I you got ever a Kid had Rock story? Oh, okay. Let's hear that. Kid Rock loves to go to Zanies. Mm-hmm. And uh, hangs out with the comics, and everybody says he's a great, nice guy. Like he tips really well. Like he gives the staff like two grand and shit like that. Um, they have like a show as Zanies on a Monday. Um, it doesn't matter. The point is, Kid Rock wasn't there, but somebody said he might be coming. And I had this joke about Kid Rock, and people were like, "You got to do it. You got to do it. You got to do it." The joke is about it's like what happened to Kid Rock. Like he used to be cool. Why is he on Fox News in a fedora talking about economics now? Like, we don't need that. (laughs) And the joke is essentially I blame his whatever change where he decides that he's someone who needs to comment on the world on Joe C. dying. And so I got up, I tell the joke, he's not there. But some people heard the joke who know him, and supposedly they told him the joke, and he approved. Like, he loved it. He thought it was so funny. Nice. So he apparently has a decent sense of humor about himself, which I guess you have to if you look he like d- that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He does. I've heard, and I've heard him in interviews before. He's He's got some good senses. Hey, have you ever had uh, Fireball Whiskey? <laughs> yeah, yeah. God have. damn, that shit is dangerous. My first night in Nashville ever. I didn't know what it was, so I was just drinking it because it tasted so good. I've never had a worse hangover and then had to get up and work the next day. Holy shit. I don't know how it's legal when, like, flavor. how are flavored vapes illegal? Because it's like, these are for kids, clearly. We can't have this. What the fuck is Fireball for? Yeah. It's dangerous. There's so much sugar, it will, it brings you to the brink of death. Yeah. Your heart will beat incorrectly that night. It needs to come with a warning. Well, Um, an extra one. Like, after the regular warning, it should say, but for real, we mean it on this one. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Have you ever thought of playing Prince Harry in a sketch? No. Do I look like Prince Harry? You could could pull it off. I mean, the hair, obviously, he doesn't have that type of hair. But if you, like, put on a skull cap or something, you could do, like, a little Prince Harry sketch. Okay. I'm not sure which one he is. But I don't feel like that was a compliment. So let's move on. <laughs> no, he's the one who's supposed to be the hot one. Okay, good. He's the one who left the family, and he's over here now in Santa Barbara, and he's with Meghan oh, yeah. Markle and all that. He's a uh, Meghan Meghan Merkel's man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not Prince William. Prince William is the bald one who's going to be king, and like you know, didn't get the good looks. Yeah, he got too many of the chromosomes. Yeah. I mean, the whole fucking royal family's inbred, and. Yeah. Because I have an accent, I have to get all those jokes. It's bullshit. <laughs> Harry is the one that they say that the King Charles isn't even his father, that it's like uh, one of Princess Diana's bodyguards or friends or something. So he might have escaped the inbred thing, actually. Yeah, that's why he's cute. Exactly. That's why his forehead's normal size. <laughs> he's a regular Drew Morgan. So I'm saying William's the hot one. So I don't know if... I think that's correct, by the way. William's considered the hot one? No, no, I think you've confused their names. I think no. William is with, with Megan. Wait, wait, wait. I need this commenter to expand and explain to us how William is considered the hot one. Um, Her comment before that was, people are such bored meddlers. I wonder if she's just fucking with you after making that comment. <laughs> no, she's just talking about uh, the quality of my show. No, I think <laughs> that was in reference to uh, the Britney Spears people, actually. No, I know it was. It's just yeah. funny if she was like, and now I'll be that person. <laughs> uh, Harry looks like a ginger fryer tuck. Okay, well, that's true because he's got the halo thing going on. 
Um, I say Harry is the better looking one. There's something and about William. Like him. Yeah. All right. right. Well, I'm going to have to agree with you on the first part because you said the last part. Have you? Uh, oh, you know what? I want to talk before because I know you got to get out of here soon. So you have a couple of shows yourself. In addition to your stand-up comedy, you have a podcast. Yeah, I just started a podcast with my friend Carmen uh, and my buddy DJ called Gravy Baby. We call it Positive Vibes for Trash People. Uh, you've heard of positive toxicity. Oh, wait, I said it the wrong way. You've heard of toxic positivity. We practice positive toxicity. Uh, yeah. Carmen's got a special on HBO you can check out. She's fucking dope. And nice. uh, yeah, it's fun. And then I do the well-read stuff, which is like kind of what I was referencing earlier. Like I've been doing stuff with well-read since like 2015. The liberal redneck. Are you going to go yeah. to, have you ever been to Politicon? It's like the big. Once. You did. Yeah, it was insane. It was what, the worst thing I've ever seen. What year? <sighs> Fuck. Man, I want, when is it? What month? Is it August? <sighs> They've changed it. It used to be, well, where, did you go to it here in LA? Yes. In Pasadena? Yes. In 2016? That sounds right. I See, I thought it was 2016. So did I. Yeah, we I were was there. there. We did a little comedy show, and we had a book at the time that was out, and we talked about that. We were like relief, though, I think, for people. Dude, Gracie Todd hates Harry. I hope she thinks I don't look like my eyes are too close together. <laughs> um, but no, we not, saw... Uh, not the we eyes saw, part. We saw the Raging Cajun in an elevator, which was cool. But we saw Roger Stone. Oh, yeah. We saw, um, what's the blonde whose diet secret is that she's starving for attention? Uh, I think she moved to Nashville. Oh, uh, Tommy Laren. We saw her. I did, And too. Stone yeah, yeah, yeah. talking. We saw Stone talking to a lot of people, and it was kind of unnerving. Like, you see Stone talking very comfortably with people from both parties, and you're like, man, the Illuminati's real. Dude, that's what I I thought that when I got to Politicon and it's like all the MSNBC anchors and the Fox anchors and like all these political news and, and polit politicians and operatives are there just like getting paid to show up and talk politics as entertainment. I really started to say, you know what? This is a bunch of horse shit. Yeah. Yeah, it's not Illuminati. It, it's horse shit. They all have the same job. They yeah. just do it differently. It's like when comedians have podcast beef and you're like, man. I saw them doing blow together last week. They planned this. <laughs> now, did you see this guy when you were there? John McAfee. No, was he there? He was there. I'm oh, well, I wish I'd have seen it. I was like, that guy's crazy. I'm standing outside. I see a guy walking up, and like I thought it was a homeless guy at first because his shoes were all dirty and his suit didn't fit him. It was all frumpy. And he gets close. I'm like, oh, that's John McAfee. He was running for president that year. So, That's right. Do you remember when he kept posting videos about anal sex? And I mean, like every day. And it wasn't like an anal sex video. Every day it was like, and here's another reason anal sex is better. Like he was trying to convince the world. Yeah. No, he was on a disturbing. That was a disturbing campaign that he ran. Yeah. Um Pro-anal sex campaign. <laughs> well, look, uh, you know, the antivirus and pro-anal sex. He had two good ideas his whole life. That's true. I do miss him. Weirdly, I miss him as a character out there. I know he killed a guy in Belize <laughs> and, you know, whatever other weird shit he was into. But he was quite a character. In the interview, he was like, oh, you know, your Samsung TV is spying on you. And I was like, what? 
like apparently he in it, to him there are cameras inside your Samsung TV that watch you. Of course, I still went and bought a Samsung a couple of years later, but yeah, you have a fetish for people watching you. Um, I have an uncle who believes that. So like, he, I mean, he just didn't invent the antivirus. That's the thing about when a new industry explodes, like the tech world did. Mm-hmm. So every once in a while, a real crazy can can hit the lottery in terms of they had a talent and the world needed it really badly in that moment. In that moment, yeah. Any other time, McAfee would have just ended up some low-level programmer. But he hit right, he had a good idea, and he ended up, other than killing the guy, I think he did rich correctly. Mm-hmm. He, he did. should be nut, live on an island. What, what the fuck else? Or disappear. You know, I just had a thought. How great would it be if um, Adam Sandler had access to the TV you were watching when you lost your virginity to Happy Gilmore, and he could see that? Maybe that's why he got so weird. He remembered me. Like I said that, and he was like, "Oh, Drew Morgan, 2000." Right after you, I won't say her name. You finished, and you said, "You'll hear of me again, Adam." (laughs) Uh, That's exactly how I finish. Actually, it's weird. You know that. Have you been watching me from my computer? Hey, you have a Samsung. What am I supposed to do? There's nothing else on. (laughs) Um, you now. There's another show that you do. At the comedy store. It's called Culture Court. Culture Court, that is it. Culture Court, we do it uh, last Monday of the month. I think we're going to start doing Friday soon. It's an awesome show. It's a parody of court, uh, and we have court cases, but instead of court cases like, you know, I'm suing this person for child support, we had ones like Short Kings versus All Women, which is like, why do women hate short men when they're the best? Mm -hmm. Um, That was, you know, their claim. Uh, we've had, um, I'm trying to think of some of my favorites. Um, we, we've done a lot of like real personal ones. My favorite personal one was <laughs> the comedian Nick Turner was accused of having jungle fever. <laughs> but then he got James Davis, who happens to be black, to be his defense lawyer. Uh, and it was so fucking hilarious. It's a fun time. It's hilarious. He was accused of having jungle fever. <laughs> he won. Uh, God. on the technicality that jungle fever we have to get rid of it it's no longer a disease that's so, good for America exactly. that he won it was a very important case <laughs> uh, that's awesome it's at the uh, the comedy store the legendary comedy store so if anyone watching this is in Los Angeles uh, you should definitely go and see yeah, this Monday that. coming up this Monday at 8 o'clock under oath you're saying this Monday it's coming up mm-hmm. um Check that out. And Drew Morgan is also at. Uh, let, let's just give your credits, and then um, we'll yeah, do sure. another. We'll do another hour of just <laughs> bullshitting. No. You can follow me at Drew Morg Comedy on all of the platforms. The A N wouldn't fit. I'm going to be in um, Indianapolis February second through fourth. Minneapolis February 9th through eleventh. Uh, you can find all my other shows at my website. And did you say credits? Do you want me to do my credits? Like, let let's start from your first IMDb credit on okay. through to uh, today. I have no idea what's on IMDb. <laughs> <laughs> the manager who uh, had the password, I got rid of that person a while ago. So. Nice. Have you ever uh, anything weird ever happened to you when you were on the road? Yeah, yeah, all the time. What? Uh, one of the most fun was uh, a couple tried to get me to and my buddy Trey to, to fuck them. 
but not my buddy Corey. Like we were a trio touring and it was like they invited, they specifically invited two of us and not the third. That really hit for me. <laughs> That's so sad. How did he take it? Was he, uh... he took it fine. Cause he gets, you know, he gets invited. Everybody's got a type, you know what I mean? Yeah, that's true. Um, and your podcast is available wherever you get your podcasts. As, as far say, as I know, or... that was a sentence that was definitely true like three years ago. I feel like now somebody was like, you don't have it on the Flippy Flop app. And I'm nah. like, well, suck my dick. I don't know what to tell you. I stopped. I, there's like an app that I use to post my podcast. And I stopped after like Spotify. I was like, you know, what? Just that's not no one's listening to Hoppity. Yeah, I fixed Hopey. my Spotify link because I fucked it up somehow. Uh-huh. And that's all I'm willing to do. Here's Drew Morgan's Instagram page. He posts clips. He posts There's me on Comedy Central in the middle. It's as an Comedy old man. Central. Let's see here. That one. Oh, we're gonna we're gonna watch it. Boomers versus Gen Z. I won't turn the volume up. It's okay. <laughs> I won't do that to you. Yeah, we didn't title it. Comedy Central did. Oh, nice. It's not That's really awesome. what the sketch is about. <laughs> this guy is a big deal. Follow him. If you see him, follow him home. Follow him wherever. Follow him to the store. Follow him anywhere you see him. Don't do that, actually. Don't become a Britney Spears fan. That would be uh, fucked up. I was. I got excited. If he deletes his Instagram, call in a welfare check. Yeah, well, and I won't hurt anybody, but if Gracie follows me, I'm going to tell her my eyes are fine. They're not too close <laughs> together. That's right. This is not Prince Harry. Um, Drew, I know you got to get out of here. I can't thank you enough for doing this. Um, I hope that chat GPT doesn't replace the entire comedy industry and podcast <laughs> industry. It's a threat. I kind of hope it does. We need <laughs> to, you, we need to give up. If you could just use it to write your stuff and then you perform it, that's great. I'm sure people have done that. Use it to write and then go perform it in a sort of uh, ironic way. Yeah. Gracie's throwing shots at you. <laughs> I'm not the one who said you look like Harry. Yeah, that's true. It was me, but I thought it was a, in America. That's a compliment. In England, they got a whole other view <laughs> of things. Uh, Drew, again, I can't thank you enough. If you ever need a podcast guest, don't hesitate to ask. And um, I think uh, you got a lot of great material. You're a funny guy. Thank you. You've, you've been better. More than good on this show today. <laughs> <laughs> better, more than good. But first, I thought you were going to say you were better live than you were on the show today. And I was like, yeah, that's definitely true. I'm not that kind of comedian. I'm definitely a uh, come see me live. <laughs> no, you're good. You're good. So uh, this was Drew Morgan. Uh, I'm now going to play my outro. I want to thank everybody for joining me. And I might come back later today live to do like some more uh, to cover this Alex Murdaugh trial and, and a couple other updates in the Koberger case. You don't have to come back for that. Don't worry about it. Awesome. Um, now I will Thursday. play my outro. If there's anything you want to say before we go, I think you did great. You know, I think that uh, you had some low spots, but mostly high stuff. High spots. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Appreciate it. Have a good life. We will see you soon. Much love. Thank you. Love. All right, Tanya. So once again, thank you to my brother. Tell him your name again. Dante Greco. Two words. Made in America. <laughs> Dante, you're doing great. That's good. Why the done it while you all think I love it? It's from. I want you to leave my good friend Ringo alone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my pal, Hal. Pretend you're a horse in a parade. Have a good day. <laughs> <laughs>